David Pullen, welcome to Video for All. You're all the way over there in the United Kingdom. Uh, you are immersed uh, most of your week in storytelling and helping others uh, learn the value of storytelling, of communicating through story uh, for their business. And now you've also been taking this into video. So that's what we want to explore today. So why don't we start with you giving us a bit of a thumbnail sketch of who David Pullen is and why the yep. heck I'm talking to you now. Why are you talking to me? You're, you're talking to me, Julian, because I'm one of only two story spotters in the whole world. And I say that with some confidence because the other one's my wife. And um, we brought our skills together, which, uh, um, you know, I, I was an actor for many years. In fact, I trained at NIDA in, in, in Australia and in Sydney. Um, and then I came over here and I did screenwriting and I, I did psychology. I did hypnotherapy. And we smashed all of those skills together for story spotting. We do four things for companies. We help them spot, shape and share the stories that they need to use to connect either internally with the market we help them with the stories that they create through their behaviors, either in the room or more often than not down the line like this. We help them in terms of the stories they get out of other people through conversation. So it becomes true relationships and not just transactional. And the last thing is the psychology bit, really, which is what are the stories you're telling yourself about yourself that are either going to help or hinder you? That is why you're talking to me. So why story? Has story always been important? Now, I mean, you know, like that's a bit of a rhetorical question. Is story more important now? What's what's going on with story? Story is everywhere and you only have to look at it on LinkedIn at the moment and you throw a stick in your head, a thousand storytellers on, on, on LinkedIn. So it's, it's, it's in the zeitgeist. It's very much a word of the moment, but I think it's a word that's very misunderstood. I mean, as human beings, we... We organize our lives by story. I mean, we organize our daily behavior by story. I mean, on, in this very moment now, we have a setup, we have a conflict, we have a resolution. I mean, you and I were talking before and we thought, right, we're about to talk to each other, but the tech isn't working. Therefore, we've got to figure out how the tech works. And that's essentially a three-act structure, which we, which we use to organize our lives. Our strategic brains do that. So what I do is basically bring that theory into communication and help people a form the narrative and b find the micro stories that sit under that because why does cinema exist why was why was your previous job so successful with the abc as a cameraman i mean people love you create stories you create stories and visual stories and by teaching people how to tell stories like they say, the best stories on radio. So it's about transferring the imagery that's in your head into the imagery into the other person's head. So that's what I do because it sticks and people love a story. They lean in and say, tell me more. But there's going to be a lot of people listening to this because uh, what uh, the audience that I go to are business professionals who, in a sense, yep. have been dragged in to this have been dragged into in a sense you know personal branding is coming you know uh, whether you work for a company or you are actually a personal brand uh, you have to get out there and you have to communicate and uh, this you we're talking about stories we're talking about the three act, uh, the um, the three yeah. act structure but this is scares a lot of people i mean just the idea of turning up on video and yeah. uh, just communicating is scary so what? How can you help people understand what story is and maybe other language? In fact, is there a better term? Could we be calling it something else? Wow, do you know what I mean? I, 
I mean, it's, <laughs> I probably have to refer to Aristotle and get back to him and see what his lawyers say. But I mean, it's, uh, it's uh, I don't know. I mean, it, 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 it's there. And the fact of the matter is everyone who is scared of it does it. They're at a barbecue around their mate's house. They're in the pub raising a beer. They tell stories. There is not a human being on the planet who hasn't told a story about a holiday they went on or when they took their boat up the Hawkesbury or whatever it is. There isn't a human being who doesn't do that. It's, I think it's, I often think my job is about getting people to realize that is a skill that they have naturally, that they can apply very, very profitably to their business life. And it isn't that scary. There are different techniques you need to be able to use. I mean, nobody, nobody in business is just going to sit down and listen to a business story without realizing that there is a relevance and context. Without those two, you have you you basically people are going to say, why is this bloke going off on one? But I mean, so so there are different techniques you have to use within within business storytelling, and certainly you, you just cut to the chase and you know bring it to life quickly but what i would never want any of your listeners to think is that this person is anti-fact because there's a there's a great definition of story which i which i really wholeheartedly go by which is a story is basically facts in context told with feeling so you just put the facts whether it's the data whether it's your yearly figures i've just been working with a ceo or yeah ceo on his analyst's presentation that's essentially turning a bunch of numbers and a bunch of projections into a story format and using elements of story, like sticking people in there, sticking time and place in there, sticking dialogue in there and saying, so I was talking to such and such, where it's very easy just to step back and, and um, I, I, I don't know, just, just be very disconnected from your communication in business. We rarely get the chance to tell a full-blown three-minute end-to-end story unless it's in a presentation. Um, but... But there are elements of story that people can introduce in all of their communication that just make it stand out from the crowd. Why? 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 Okay, so it's uh, there's one to stand out from the crowd. That's a, a great yeah, start. Yeah. But 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 why should people go? Boy, this is another skill that I've got to learn. What's the value into it? What are you, for, for them in their business? What does story do for them? It connects people and it works, mate. It, it genuinely works. I, I will tell you a story. I've, um, I'm just going to turn my email off there because that's horrible. It's given a horrible, horrible um, ping and I don't want that to be happening. There we go. Gone. Um, I, let me tell you a quick story. I work predominantly in business development and I help organizations who pitch uh, for millions of pounds worth of work. And that's about sort of how you stand out from the crowd. And I help them find the stories that do that. I was working with an organization a couple of years ago and the the, the person who was the head of the pitch was, was, was talking about um, the organization that they wanted to, I'm trying to give away anything here, the organization they wanted to work for. And they were a, they were a banking organization. And he talked about being in German Street. He said, you know, about six months ago, I was I was in German Street with my wife and I'd just bought this fantastic suit and I gave my credit card over from your bank. And the girl took it and uh, and, and the thing was maxed out. It just started laughing at her. And, and, and I said, oh my God, what am I going to do? And I rang up the bank, I rang up your bank in, in, in where I come from. And I said, uh, listen, horrible things happening. I'm trying to buy this suit and I'm now out of money. And the woman said, don't worry, sir. Um, when will you be back in town? I said, I'll be back at the end of the week. He said, listen, I'm putting the money on there now. As soon as you get back, give us a call. We'll get it sorted out. Enjoy the rest of your trip. And it was all sorted out. This guy told that story, then turned to the decision-making panel and said, 
And it's that sort of agility of thought, that sort of care that I genuinely want to bring from my team to you. So you could tell in that moment when he discovered that story and dared to tell that personal story, the connection was made, the themes of the presentation were brought out and he, he, he narrowed the distance between him and the, and the organization. They were, they, they, they were friends now. They were on, they were, there was an element of trust there. So with the people you work with, and it sounds like, I mean, I looked at um, some of your previous clients, you know, you've got, you've got big corporate clients. Um, yeah. How long does it take somebody who thinks that they're no good at storytelling to be able to realistically grasp some basic techniques and then apply it to what they do within their business? Good question. I think the basic techniques aren't rocket science. I wish they were. I charge a lot more money. But uh, they, you know, the basic techniques themselves, you can go away and read them in a book about sort of, you know, what is a story? What, 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 what do you need to create a business story? There are tons of those written. I think that the interesting thing is, and it sort of comes down to video as well, this, I think it's the, it's the, it's the, there's the story and the storyteller, you know, there's the person you can create a story, but if, if you put it over and it looks like there's no, there's no congruence between how you tell the story and the story you were telling, then, then it'll fail. I mean, all stories, I mean, we, we know there's been all sorts of research on that. I mean, stories are very, very vulnerable to what, the way they are put over, whether on video, whether down the line, whether in the room. So I think that the you can learn the basics. It's about practice. It's about putting the hours in. It's about putting the, the daring in to actually deliver the story in a way that, that, that serves the story. Yeah, I, I mean, I can, I, I'm testament to that. I was terrible. Mm at storytelling i mean you know i do a half decent job now but when i started um you know so you uh, you were just saying that you were reading my book and is that the, the second best job in the world that you're reading yeah yeah so yeah. that book when i sent so that was published by harper collins and i had an mm -hmm. editor and they really didn't do much in the end they said oh, you know you've got a good writing style we don't need to change much the structure is great but what we do need to change is you consistently tip the outcome of the story early on in the story, and it was a bad habit that I had. And this came from when I was a when I started in the world of magic. It was a problem I had there too because when I would do tricks for people, I felt mm -hmm. so guilty that I had manipulated them, even though it was just for entertainment that I would tell them how the trick was done afterwards. I just <laughs> felt guilty. And I, and I had to unlearn this and learn that actually taking people on a journey and holding them in a state of suspense for a while, where in a sense you are manipulating them and you're, you know, you're manipulating the journey and their emotions, but you're actually doing it for their benefit. They benefit yeah. at the end because they get an emotional response to that, whether it's happiness or sadness or whatever that is. And I had to learn that. So, um, you know, it, you, you can learn the techniques of storytelling. Absolutely, you can. You can. It's interesting you say about tipping people off at the beginning, because that's an interesting thing about, I, I said earlier on about the fact that, you know, you, you, you have to earn the right to tell a story in business. And I often say that, you know, you have a story and then the moral of the story or the punch or the reveal in, in, in magic comes out at the end or 
Um, and, and, and I think that that is classic storytelling, absolutely classic story, da-da-da-da-da, moral. And, but in business, I think in some ways that's flipped on its head because people, unless people actually have the relevance and you can think there are things called relevant statements or there is a thing called the ABT structure that I work, which, which is, and, but therefore, yeah. which actually owns you the right to tell the story. But if you were just to start, you know, for example, that, that, um, that guy that I, I just told the story of before, I mean, I think he prefaced it was a thing by saying, him saying something like, you know, it's it's the care and agility that we want to bring to you. Let, let me tell you something that you did for me and then told that story. So he don't the right by a very short sentence, which essentially was the moral. So in video now within, uh, there's a, a big use of lesson. It's so powerful now that in almost every video that you make, uh, where you're trying to... Um, get information across and get people to yeah. take action, that putting a lesson at the end is almost essential and people absolutely love that right now. Yeah. Yes, they do. I've, I've, I've just started on LinkedIn. Well, I've been doing it for a while actually, but I mean, I, I've been learning a lot and I think that's one of the big lessons, the call to action or the lesson that is absolutely the, the takeaway from, from the video. Cause I, I, I have a, it, it's interesting, I, I, this isn't my line, but I mean, I think that, you know, in this world that we live in now with business video and, you know, Zoom and everything, we sit on these little screens like this. And I think we have a duty to entertain as well as educate because it's, um, every other time we turn a screen on in our life, if we don't like it, we switch the channel or we go and make a cup of tea or we fall asleep or whatever it is. And so if you're not holding somebody, in the screen and en entertaining with a small e as well as educating them, I think you're in trouble because people aren't going to stop and watch it. Yeah, you need to be entertaining, you need to be educating, and you need to be inspiring. And there's no way around this because our competitors, when we're on the small screen, are YouTube, TikTok, and TED. Now, it's people Absolutely. like that, 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 that they physically are a swipe away from you on whatever device that you happen to be watching on. So... You, you, you don't have to be as good as them, but what you have to do is understand you need to start putting a bit of effort into this. Absolutely so right. if you were a, a person who ran workshops and traditionally you did it, uh, you know, with a flip chart, say, mm -hmm. that it, it, it's not good enough just to put the camera on you with a flip chart uh, and where you're turning your back and, and writing. Um because the viewer expects more and, you know, there's yeah. different techniques that you can use, but we've all got to up our game on the small screen. E exactly what you were saying. So how can there's we use... Thing, oh, go on. I go don't on. know how to do. You might be able to tell me sometime, actually. That, that thing I've seen where people almost have a glass in front of them, they're writing the notes there, so they're behind and you can see... I, I think that's very cool because it's uh Yeah, I got, I, got, I got one, like, literally, I can, I can almost touch it. Have you really? I think it's. A, I think that's a great technique. I love that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love that because what it does is it means I'm I'm fate I'm front and center 
face to you, looking at you, the audience the, the whole time. And, you know, <laughs> video now is all about relationships. Uh, it's about getting on there. It's about uh, uh, building up your know, like, and trust. It's letting people try before they buy, the more they see you. And just to give an example of why this is so important, is that I remember we used to shoot for, um, you know, I used to shoot for the BBC. Uh, I used to mm -hmm. shoot for American networks. And in Australia and the UK, we have a way that we light. It's more uh, artistic, you know, like a little bit of Rembrandt-type lighting. And, you know, we like a little bit of mood and depth and shade. And when you work for American networks, they go, that is lovely, but not for us. What we want you uh, to do is to put a light, a big light, right in front of, and they used to call them meat puppets, so the talent on camera, the meat puppets, you know, so put the big light in front of the meat puppets and we want to see 100% of their face because we're paying them a lot of money and that's what the viewers at home expect. So there's, um, you know, there's different expectations with audiences uh, about, you know, how you turn up on, on video. So that was a little bit of a tangent, but uh, there you go. But, you no, know, but it, is, it is all about... Um, uh, building relationships. So how can we use story to start conversations? Because now when we're online and particularly on social, it's such a good opportunity to start a conversation with someone rather than just selling at them, actually just talking to them and seeing yeah. where, 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 where that goes. Yeah. How can we use story? Well, I, I, want, I want to come back to that trust thing, actually, that you say in, in, in answer to that question, Julian, because I think that's absolutely right. In my experience as well, especially during lockdown, uh, during the pandemic that we've been going through, um, video has been an enormous lever for building trust with clients. They, For me, they've been able to see me. They've been able to think, actually, yes, I do actually even want to get on a call with that bloke and find out a bit more. And as a result, my business is now global, really, because it's happening down down the line. Uh, rather than UK and European based. Um, in terms of, it's an interesting thing, this, isn't it? Let's think about, there are two forms of influence, I like to think. There are, there are sort of, there's push influence, where you just push the facts at people. You just say, hey, this is what we do, this is what we do, this is what's going to be the outcome for you. And there's, and we know what happens when you push at somebody. They push back. If I was, if we were in the same room and we pushed together, it'd be like a rugby scrum and, you know, we'd be pushing against each other. And people tend to think, Okay, prove that, you know, and so you, you get into a sort of adversarial thing. The great thing about story is it's more of a pull influence. It pulls people into a world. It starts to get them imagining, and we're the only animals on the planet that imagine, as far as we know. They, we, it, we, it pulls them into imagination, and it makes them want to know more. So I think in terms of structuring stories, especially, especially for social media and things like LinkedIn or for your website, there's an element whereby you have to know when to stop. Don't give them everything. Give them enough of a, it's a bit like fishing, really. I mean, just enough bait that they bite on it. And then they think, okay, I want to, I want to get on the phone or I want to call. I want to know more about what that person does or what that organization does. Don't give it all away. Give enough of a hint and enough of your, your passion, an overused word, that, um, that, that makes people want to talk more about it. So, so I think it's the, the, the trust which comes over predominantly by how you present yourself and then the structuring of your story which hooks people in, pulls people in and thinks, I want to have the next conversation because that's what sales is really. It's a, it's a series of conversations leading up to a, an event, isn't it? It doesn't all happen on the one first thing and it's not going to happen on the first video either. 
Yeah, and which is one of the powers of of video is that video uh, actually shortens sales cycles because in traditional uh, sales is that you know we um, make a you know send an email, make a phone call, back and forth a bit, then we try to align calendars, and then you know one person can't make it, we align the calendars again, and then you know eventually we might do a face to face meeting, and hopefully you know after that, and we you know trust each other, we can do a transaction. Well, video brings that face to face meeting right back to the start of the sales cycle. So in a sense, it speeds it up. You know, you can get a measure of me. And this is what um, uh, one way that I use uh, story uh, is that maybe I go onto LinkedIn, uh, somebody's commented on my post. So I go and look at their profile, just have a mm -hmm. quick scan. And if there's anything in there that go, oh, oh, I know something about that, or there's a place, you know, your location, something, uh, then I just use uh, the little video replay, you know, message that they've got, um, and I just get in there and I just go, hey, I, you know, thanks for you know liking my my video. Had a quick look at your profile, interesting stuff. I see there that um, you know that you live in, blah blah blah. Yeah, I went through one, you know, about five years ago. Uh, um, love to continue the conversation, and that's that's all you need is just this small little snippet to start the conversation. Uh, and it's like it's like tennis, isn't it? You know, you hit the ball over the net, yeah. <laughs> wait, let them hit it back, and you haven't. If you're both hitting the ball, you've got a nice game going. Absolutely. And do you know, as you say that, Julian, I think that you know that it, it, it's so easy. It's this depersonalization of communication, which is often written and badly written and hastily written, and people using you know acronyms instead of real words. And what, just you showing up in somebody's feed and saying, "Oh, hi, it's Julian here," I noticed you see, the trust that word again, that you build and the connection by them seeing your face. I think that, you know, in the old days, and when, when we used to send handwritten letters to each other, and it's like, you get a handwritten letter now, I can't remember the last time I got one. But, but I mean, it's, um, it's such a treat. It's like, that person really cares when that I think video actually has the same effect as well. It's like, that person cares enough to show up. And there's a very good friend of mine called Yuri Shilders in Singapore. You might know him. I, I don't know. He calls himself calls himself Yuri the Magic Source on on on. Oh LinkedIn. yes, Yuri. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't know that's how you said his name. Yuri. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> he's a great guy, and he's a very, very, very talented video editor as well. But he's he really believes in this in Loom. Loom is a, a, a program you can get. I use Loom a dozen times a day. Amazing, isn't it? So you can yeah. actually have your presentation and actually be talking to it there and then. Love it. Yeah. And the great thing about, I mean, I love about Loom is it's faster than sending an email. I mean, it's literally, it's like a click of the button, three, two, one. And then I rather, I, I think it through as I'm talking to them and I am an er, I take a few sidetracks. I mean, I don't, you know, I keep it as short as, as I can. Uh, and that's the thing, because people see me in a very human way. They see that uh, I'm essentially the same as I am, because even if I'm talking, like I'm talking to you now, I mean, I'm not exactly mm. sure what I'm going to say. I am an nerd, but I still talk with my hands. Um, exactly. you know, again, they are seeing me. They're getting to know me. You know, the, 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 there's only, if people wonder, should I use video? And at what time should I use video in my business? There's only one question you have to ask. Would I be more effective if I looked my customer or colleague in the eye? And if you answer yes to that, just get on video. It is so powerful. 
great test. That's a great test. You said something there about speed as well, about the, the amount of time. And I think that that's an interesting point you make because we are all time poor. We are, you know, we haven't got time to read lengthy emails or lengthy, you know, documents we scan rather than sort of, you know, going into them into depth. We probably should do sometimes. And I think that if you can get your video communication crisp and sharp and to the point, and that can happen through the editing as well, obviously, I think you get that combination of the human, the human turns up, which is the trust, but there's also the sharp communication that goes with it. Because because I, 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 I've tried a number of forms. I did a little series on LinkedIn. I think it was last year with a friend, another friend of mine on business development. And those videos were like seven minutes long. I, I, I don't think anyone watched them. Who's got time for that? I try to keep it under 90 seconds now. Yeah, and that's 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 a good figure. When you talk, when I was talking about email and writing, I was actually meaning it how long it takes me to write an email oh, as well. Because yeah. as soon as we start typing, we revert back to our uh, you know 20, 15, 20 years of of education, and we were taught as soon as we Great start point. to write, we have to edit as we go, cross out and redo, Great. and that's why writing emails takes so long because we go, are they? Did I get the tone of that sentence right? Are they going to get that? And that's the power of video. Because if yeah. if I was saying to you, David, you know, look, that that was a great idea that you sent me, but uh, you know, like that mm -hmm. says an awful lot. And you know, so try try writing. Uh, you know. <laughs> I'll have another vowel, please. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I know the program. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. interesting. Yeah. So who who make good storytellers? In life generally or in business world? Uh, maybe in life generally. In... I tell you what I really genuinely believe is, is to parents. <laughs> parents make great storytellers. And I don't say that lightly because, you know, I tell you why they make great storytellers, because the audience they're playing to are brutally honest and they'll let you know if they're telling if you if you're telling them a bad story and i'm talking about made up stories in fact i often say to my clients who i say if you're a parent it's the best gift you've got as a storyteller just practice telling your kid make you know get them to give you a teddy bear and you know a something that Teddy wants and something that's getting in the way of Teddy getting that thing and tell a story about that the mountain that Teddy has to climb over the knees to get to the you know, to, to his friend or whatever it is, because that 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 exercises your your storytelling skills, um, and you they'll let you know if you're bad at it. I think I think the answer the, the short answer to your question is I think everyone is a good storyteller. Some people need permission to be told, given permission to tell stories, because they think it's not professional. Some people need some of the skill set in terms of how you create stories because they just go down rabbit holes and side streets and you know you think they, they think structurally they don't tell very good good stories that people want to listen to they're a bit of a shaggy dog story in a pub which nobody wants really in a in business setting and then some people need the the actual in inverted commas performance skills you know how do you actually embody your story how do you actually bring that to life through you as the storyteller I think I genuinely believe there isn't a person on the planet who can't tell a story. I think there are some who won't out of fear. I think there are some who need a little bit of guidance. One of the best techniques that I know, and you alluded to it earlier, is ABT. And I teach mm -hmm. that to uh, all my 
uh, students. It's just so powerful. Why, why don't it's you quickly explain ABT? Well, the ABT, I mean, it comes, as we were saying before, through the through the three-act structure, and it stands for and, but, and therefore. Those are the three words in it, and, but, and therefore. And it's been around forever. I mean, it's been around since Aristotle, who I talked about earlier. But there's this guy who I've been in contact with called Dr. Randy Olson, who mm-hmm. was an, in, uh, an evolutionary biologist at Harvard. He trained at Harvard, but then became a filmmaker. He trained at USC in the film program there and makes documentaries. And he he realized that that this structure and he sort of was he put it into this format of abt and i think the guys on south park trey parker and matt i can't remember matt somebody is it trey the two guys that make south park they always say if they if their story isn't working it's because it's going and this happened and this happened and this happened and and there are no buts and therefores in there now you can tell a story which was which can go, I woke up this morning and I had a cup of tea and I went down to the bus and I got to work and I did all of my work and um, I left at 5.30 and I got home and I kissed my wife and I had dinner and I went to bed. It's a terrible story. I mean, it's a story, but it's just a terrible story. The interesting thing comes when you get the butt. I woke up this morning and I had a cup of tea and I went down to the bus stop, but there was this bloke there having a heart attack. So therefore, what I had to do, suddenly you've got a story because you grab people in. Now, what they say in terms of structuring business-wise is that the and bit is the calm, happy world where you describe this is what you're looking for and this is what it's going to give to you, but this is what's getting in the way of it. Therefore, what you need to do is this and this and this. And so in terms of a structure, that's the, it, it, it sort of, it, it plays to our natural human instinct of wanting to be connected to in the and and then problem solution, which happens in the button the therefore. Yeah, and we can nerd out on this just for one brief moment here. You would know, because you mentioned Dr. Randy Olson, uh, his narrative index, and the narrative index is where they uh, study speeches and they go through and do a calculation of the number of ands and the number of buts and the number of therefores or sos in there, and you end up with a figure. And yep. uh, the higher the figure, the better communicator you are, the lower the figure, the less effective you are. So in, as you would know in the classic example he uses, uh, I think it was in 2016 or 14, I can't remember, uh, so somebody got 29 and somebody got 14. And 29 is an exceptionally high score. And that person was Donald Trump and the 14 no. uh, was Hillary Clinton. And that is because Donald Trump intuitively, or has been taught, I don't know, but he knows the ABT structure and he uses it over and over and over again. And Hillary Clinton is this uh, essentially, uh, I think the term is vomit data, is um, yeah, yeah, just you know, fact and fact and fact and fact and fact. Exactly. And fact. Yeah. And do you know what, Julian, that, this, this comes back to something that you were saying earlier about why story it works. And, you know, as Trump found out, it worked. What I would say to that is I don't, people who sort of say, well, why story? You got to realize that story is a very, very powerful tool and it has to be wielded ethically. And, 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 and that's what I, my, my personal belief is that, you know, I want to help people use story ethically for the, for the ends that they want to get to, because it is so powerful as we have seen in world, in the world at the moment that, that it can be used for, ends which are 
not particularly desirable in my opinion. Yes, listeners, please use your story for good and not evil. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So what's it, when, when it comes to doing story in person and story on video, so actually let me just stop there for a moment. Uh, and it's, you are now starting into video. I think, you know, you've performed on video at different times, yep. but you're now using video as a tool more for your communication and your business. So I'm interested in exploring that as well because you're no spring chicken you're you're like me we are in the mature uh, or, or others say wiser stage of our our lives in a few summers yeah so how, how have you found this transition into using video did covid force your your hand or were you going that direction that's a really good question actually i i tell you what happened is i've always i mean i, I studied screenwriting and stuff like that i mean i was an actor i love film i love television i love i love the structure of it and stuff and i've always i've always had a yearning to sort of do video but never done anything about it now there's a very good friend of mine at nida whose brother lives in the uk who's actually a very very funny man and we we're both from tasmania as it turns out we were both born in in hobart oh actually no he was born in the uk but grew up in tasmania um and so we decided to do some improvisational films via WhatsApp. I'd send him a thing and then he'd send it back. And, and uh, you know, it, it, we just created these scenes. We created little bits of dialogue, which I then sort of took away and used a program called, I used something called Filmora Wondershare, which is sort of yeah. one step up from iMovie, really. But it does what it need, I need it to do. And I'd cut it together into films. And so that sort of became my... That became my training ground about how to edit, about how to cut away, how to remain on something long enough that people are interested but don't get bored with it. And I've sort of taken the lessons that I learned from that, which we call ourselves the Tasmaniacs. We, um, I, the, the lessons that I learned from that and then, and then applied them to my business uh, videos now, which, as I say, the idea is that they entertain, but they also inform. So they're, they, they have an ABT structure in there. I always, I, you know, the, the, the opening shots, how do you grab someone right at the beginning? How do you just sort of think, oh, okay, I want to watch the next five seconds of this. I mean, so I learned a lot of lessons, a lot of watching other people who I admire, Yuri being one of them, Yuri being a big influence, actually, different people who are using this medium and thinking, what are they doing? What can I steal from that? What can I try new this time? And to your last question, just not caring. <laughs> about what I look like because I mean I don't think uh I mean I I am a I, I am a, an, an older gentleman but I mean I think the end but that doesn't mean you don't have to have any energy you've got energy we've both got energy and I think that's part of the part of the skill of video is how do you get that energy through the screen to the other people yeah it is it is literally a glass wall that we've got to somehow punch through uh, and sure. it's not uh, it's not as simple as just turning the volume up to 11 uh there's but you know you've got to be a little bit bigger um you know you've got to turn your personality up just a little bit you know to, you to did, that's a very good way of putting it yeah that's so, a very good that, my son used to be a comedian and that was uh he he uh, he was on the circuit and that was the thing that i remember him saying actually which is is, is it's not that you don't become someone else you just find a bit of your personality that you just turn up a bit yeah yeah so um what um, when you made those videos, were you okay? You weren't worried about how you looked, but were you at 
in any way anxious about how people would, would receive those videos about maybe the quality, uh, you know, what, yeah, what people would say? I can honestly answer no to that question. Honestly answer no to that question because I, I it's an interesting one, isn't it? I, I wasn't the story spotters until during the pandemic. I was, I, I, I used to be called McKechnie Pullen Limited. McKechnie is my wife and Pullen is me, obviously. Um, but nobody knows what a McKechnie Pullen does. And I was doing some work at INSEAD in, in Singapore online. And the professor who I was working with asked me what I did one day. He said, so what do you do in your business life? And I told him about how I go and help people find the stories that can help them. And he said, um, he said, oh, you're a story spotter. So that's where the name came from. But but in terms of in terms of that rebrand, it's also started to make me think if I'm true to my brand, if I'm not trying to be all things to all people, the right clients will come to me. So I I I I genuinely focus out. What I mean by that is I think a lot of people stand in front of a stand in front of a camera. And they've got this little monkey on their shoulder jabbering away them saying no you've got gray hair you're too old to be doing this who do you think you are you've got to say monkey go away you're not useful go and have a cup of coffee i'll see you later on and then just connect with the camera just actually just say this is useful now i'm talking to you my potential client and they arrive if you focus out and really put your attention on them if you build it they will come so it's yeah, it's about developing a service mindset. Um, so on business videos, service, service exactly. is the new sexy. It is if you can turn up and you're not in your head, that little monkey. You're not thinking about yourself, and you've turned up to solve people's problems to help them uh, in an authentic way. People get hung up about the word authentic, you know, what does that mean? Does it mean if I'm upset that I come on upset? No, it doesn't mean, it just means that if somebody met you in the street, they'd go, oh, you're exactly like you are on camera. You turn up and I'm, in, I'm authentically uh, the same on camera as I am in my real life. That's because if yeah. I was dealing with you in real life, if we were at a coffee shop, uh, I'd be putting on my, you know, like I'd be like, you know, the, the best version of myself, um, you know, and when I'm grumpy and that, oh, well, okay, I, I hide that at, at, at home. That's all authentic means. And that, and that took me a lot, that took me a while to learn actually, interestingly enough, because my route into this, I mean, I was an actor for many years and I worked with the Royal Shakespeare Company and people like that over here in the UK. My wife started doing this business before I did. And the very first big job that I did for uh, the company after I'd sort of done some training and everything, I remember sitting in a, um, I was sitting downstairs, it was one of the big accountancy firms and these people were walking by in pinstripe suits. And I rang my wife and it was the early days of mobile phones and I, not, not the big ones like that, but uh, you know, I rang her and I said, and I said, I'm not like these people. I'm not like these people. I don't know what to do. And she said, and that's the reason why you're there. You're not like them. You're providing something else. If you were like them, then they would just get one of their own to do it. You are something else. So I think that authenticity, being true to, as you say, your brand, what it is you can serve people with, is hugely important. And just commit to, to, to demonstrating that through video. So, David, if people want to work with you, find out more about what you do, where can they go? Well, I'm on LinkedIn, David Pullen with an A, 
um, on, please connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love that. We have a website, which is www.thestoryspotters.com, all one word. And I'm David at thestoryspotters.com. And I, 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 I'm always up for a, for a chat and a Zoom with people and just to see what they're up to. I, I love talking to people. So give me a call. Put hey, David, diary. been terrific talking to you. I've loved it, Julian. Thanks for you.